If you have your Bibles, I want you to be turning to the book of 2 Kings, chapter number 4. 2 Kings, chapter number 4. I have enjoyed the good choir singing tonight. And the specials have been a blessing to me also. And uh, I like to hear those instruments. I was telling the preacher, there's a lot of people that like to hear them on a piano. They like to hear them upper keys, you know. But what really gets to me is when somebody gets down there on them bass notes. That just does something for me. And uh, I enjoyed that guitar picking and that dobro and that mandolin. That's, that's done something for me. I pity these folks that think you can't use instruments when you worship. Heaven's going to be full of it. It certainly is a blessing to be back here again tonight. I do thank him for what he did for us here last evening. And uh, these are the uh, verses that the Lord has spoken to my heart about for the service here tonight. If you're willing and able, would you stand as we read this portion of the Lord's word? The Bible said, now, there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elisha, saying, thy servant, my husband, is dead. And thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord. And the creditor is come to take unto him my two sons to be bondmen. And Elisha said unto her, What shall I do for thee? Tell me, what hast thou in the house? And she said, Thine handmaid hath not anything in the house save a pot of oil. Then he said, Go, borrow the vessels abroad of all thy neighbors, even empty vessels borrow not a few. And when thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons and shall pour out into all those vessels and thou shalt set aside that which is full. So she went from him and shut the door upon her and upon her sons who brought the vessels to her. 
and she poured out. And it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said unto her son, Bring me yet a vessel. And he said unto her, There is not a vessel more. And the all stayed. Then she came and told the man of God, and he said, Go sell the all, pay the debt, and live thou, on thou and thy children, of the rest. You can be seated. And if somebody can get me a bottle of water, I would certainly appreciate it. Our text introduces us to Elisha, God's prophet for his generation. Elisha has taken up the mantle of Elijah. And Elisha is representing the Lord to his people. I want to say that I am thankful that God always has a man. Thank God for the ministry that has occurred here at Bible Baptist Church through the years by Brother Cape. But I am thankful that God has had a man to carry on to this generation. Tonight, we find that Elisha here is portrayed as using his abilities and his gifts to be a blessing to a little widow woman. And tonight I find there's a lot of people that come to church And they are looking for a blessing. But we ought to come to church a lot of times to be a blessing. And Elisha was being a blessing to this poor widow woman. You'll find in the chapter prior that Elisha is dealing with Kings. He is private to the movements of armies. He is rubbing shoulders with generals and dignitaries. He is in in light of all that occurs nationally in chapter three. 
But I'm glad uh, that God, though uh, he is interested in the nations uh, and he's interested in the leaders, uh, aren't you glad God uh, is interested in a little widow woman uh, who is filled with sorrow and heartache uh, in her soul? I want to say he is interested in you tonight. With that in mind, this is what I want to preach on. It's a title of a familiar song. Little is much when God is in it. Little is much when God is in it. And if someone sings that song here, I would like it sung during the invitation. Tonight, our text focuses our attention on a little Pot of oil. But God gets in the pot of oil. And tonight you may feel that you have nothing much to offer, but you let God get in it. And little is much when the Lord goes to working tonight there's two or three emphasis in this text that uh, I want to share with you number one I want to say something about this widow woman and her crisis she is in a strait She is facing uh, uh, some of the hardest days uh, of her life. She has two sons. Uh, Everything uh, has looked bright uh, up to this point, uh, but all of a sudden, without warning, uh, death has invaded uh, her home. Uh, She is facing uh, things she has never had to face before. Uh, Some of you uh, understand and know what that is, uh, but I want to say little uh, as much uh, when God is in it. There is a crisis. There is a state of emergency. Her life has been turned inside out and upside down. It looks as if everything is pressing in from every direction. But again, little is much when God is in. Her crisis involved death. You see, her husband was not an old man. Her two sons were living at home. 
It is apparent that he has died suddenly without any warning at all. I want to say tonight uh, to you children and to us spouses, if God has blessed us uh, to have a mother and father uh, to raise us in life, uh, we ought to be glad in our hearts. There's a lot of children that don't know what a father or a mother is in life. And if we have been blessed to have a wife or a husband any length of time, we ought to be thankful in our heart that God has allowed that to occur for us little as much when God is in it. But death has come. And some of you know very well that it brings agony and pain. Death brought this dear widow woman loneliness and uncertainty. She didn't know how things were ever going to work out or how things could ever be any better. Death has come to her door. None of us are immune or exempted from the problems and the trials and difficulties of life. Tonight, death has come, but may I say, death comes in other forms. We can live with our joy dying and our love dying. Oh, we're in a crisis. Some of you may have lost your desire. It's ebbing. It is waning away and you're in a crisis tonight. But I want to say little as much when God gets in it. She's not only facing death, but she is also facing debt. Her husband has incurred a debt. I don't believe it was a foolish debt. I believe it was an honest debt. They were not expecting her husband to die. They were uh, uh, repaying uh, what they had borrowed. But now with the husband dead, there is no one bringing in any resource. The debt cannot be paid. And that cruel, cold creditor has already come knocking on her door and demanding payment of that debt. Oh, tonight. She don't know how she's going to make it. 
She don't know what she can do uh, uh, to keep her two sons uh, from becoming slaves uh, and bondmen. Uh, she uh, is in a crisis uh, of debt, uh, but there is also depletion. Uh, when Elisha said to her, uh, what do you have in your house? She said, thy handmaid hath not anything save a pot of oil. You say, preacher, she doesn't have nothing. You're exactly right. She's already sold every bed. She's already sold every chair and every table. She's took everything off the wall. She's sold every cabinet, everything that could be sold. She's went through it all trying to pay the debt. She's depleted. She doesn't have anything else. Somebody said, well, why didn't she sell the house? It didn't belong to her. She was a wife of the sons of the prophets and they had provided her lodging, his family a place to live. But out of the goodness and compassion of Elisha's heart, she was living there. She didn't have a place to lay her children down. She didn't have anything in the house. She didn't have a blanket. She didn't have anything. She's facing a crisis. Uh, but I want to say thank God little is much uh, when God gets yes. She's facing a crisis. But secondly tonight, I want to say something about this widow woman and her cry. Verse 1 says, now there cried a woman of the a wife of the sons of the prophets unto Elisha saying thy servant my husband is dead i want you to know where the holy ghost put the emphasis at. He said something about her cry first. Yes. He did not mention her condition till later on. Had I been writing the story, I would have emphasized the fact that she was facing death, her husband. She didn't even say it was her husband first. She said, thy servant and my husband is dead. And tonight, the scriptures put the emphasis on her cry. Not her condition. So much of the time, we want to push our condition toward the Lord. When we ought to cry to Him, we ought to lift our voice and go to Him. Oh, we've turned everywhere else. We're looking for relief from every other resource. Why don't we, why don't we come to God? Why don't we look to Him? for our help. 
help. We need to cry to God Almighty. Amen. That's right. This word cried. It means that it was a loud vocal expression of words from this widow woman. It wasn't a whisper. It wasn't that she pulled Elisha off to the side and talked low and explained to him what she wanted. No, the Bible said vocally, outwardly, unashamedly, publicly, she uh, uh, lifts up her voice. She vocalizes uh, to uh, Elisha. And I want to say it is healthy uh, for any of God's children uh, uh, to lift up their voice to our Savior uh, and to vocalize our need uh, and to tell him of our dilemma and of our crisis. Uh, It shows her earnestness. Uh, It shows her sincerity. Uh, It tells us uh, of her uh, heavy load and her brokenness. Uh, She is crying uh, to the man of God. The Lord has blessed me and Miss Barbara. And by the way, I've got a good wife. Amen. And I appreciate she's a praying for me tonight. We're having prayer meeting on Tuesday night. That's when we have prayer meeting. They're praying for me. But the Lord blessed us with three children. Our oldest is the only daughter we have. We have two sons. But when our daughter was just about six years old, we went to the Haynes Mall in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. I'm sure none of you ladies know what a mall is. (laughs) And we went into a clothing store on the second floor. And I've never seen so many round racks in all of my life. And every one of them was full of clothes hanging. I mean everywhere. You couldn't hardly, you couldn't hardly get between them. And Barbara said, I want you to look after Julie while I'm looking at the clothes. And uh, my wife she 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 looks after the little children. She she has a heart for little children, and uh, it'd be just ever so often she'll say, "Now is Julie over there?" I say, "Yeah," and I had my eye on her. And she, you know what she did? She liked to run inside of them round them round clothes racks. I've never seen a youngin that didn't want to do it. 
And uh, she had asked me uh, in a few minutes, is Julie all right? And I'd uh, say, yeah, she's right here. Don't worry. Uh, everything's all right. Uh, and uh, in a few minutes, she asked me again. I said, she's fine. Uh, you go ahead and keep looking. Uh, she asked me in a few minutes, and I looked, and she wasn't there. Uh, and uh, Barbara said, where is she? I said, I don't know. Uh, and you know what she done? Uh, she began to cry. She began to uh, lift up her voice. She said, Julie, Julie, mama is calling. Where are you? Everybody got to looking at her. I mean, in the store, they were looking at her. Everybody, they could hear outside. People were letting it make no difference to her. Who was looking? It didn't embarrass her. She is a crying for her daughter. That's the way we need to cry to God tonight. We need help for our family. We need help for our children. We need help for our church. We need to cry to God Almighty. It was a cry of intercession. She came to Elijah because of her two boys. They were going to become bondmen, slaves. What stands out to me is simply this. She had pain that she was dealing with her own self. She was a widow. And she had loneliness and fearfulness in her heart. Amen. But she wasn't coming to Elijah for what she needed. Amen. She was crying out to Elijah. Elijah because him two boys. If somebody didn't, if somebody didn't go to the man of God, they're going to become slaves. They're going to be sold into bondage. And I want to say tonight, I realize God does the saving uh, of our children. God does the saving uh, of our loved ones. Uh, it is not our abilities, nor is it our strength. Uh, but with that being said, uh, I believe it is the responsibility uh, of every believer to intercede uh, on their behalf. Uh, it is our responsibility as mamas uh, and daddies uh, to intercede for our children. Hey, uh, the only hope they've got uh, may be your intercession. It may be your prayer. I thank God somebody, I say somebody called my name. Somebody lifted me up to the throne room of God Almighty. Somebody had love and compassion for this little boy. Somebody prayed for you. Some mama, some daddy, some grandma didn't give up on you. They kept calling your name. They kept taking you to the throne room. I remember my pastor. He said when he come home from World War II, 
he wasn't saved. Still lived at home. He'd come home and he'd he'd be lit. And he's trying to be as quiet as he could. He was going to slip into his bed without his mama knowing it. And said when I had turned the knob on that door and start to walk in, said I could hear my mama yep. on her knees. She is a praying for me. Amen. She is calling my name out to God. Oh, he said, I never could get away from them prayers. She prayed for me. Oh, God, we need some people tonight. Uh, There's a family that uh, the only hope they have is for you uh, to cry out to God Almighty uh, to intercede for them. Uh, Oh, I'm glad. Hallelujah. Uh, He does hear an answer. Hey, by the way, little is much uh, when God gets in it. Uh, It's a cry of intercession. When I was a little boy, that's been a pretty good while ago. I was about eight or nine years old. Anybody here served in the Vietnam War? Raise your hand. I see this gentleman, this one. Anybody else? I see this one. I want to say I thank you. That's right. Amen. Amen. And it wasn't a conflict, it was a war. Right. And I'm proud that you served our Amen. country. Amen. Amen. But I can remember being like eight or nine years old, 10. We had a couple of mamas that had boys in Vietnam. I can remember Sunday mornings, an altar call was given, and I can. I can remember them mamas that sat down on the altar and they'd weep a puddle of tears. And I can hear them cry yet today. Oh God, would you bring my boy back home? Oh, God, it wasn't a Sunday school prayer. It wasn't a a lay me down to sleep prayer. Oh, no. There's a cry. It didn't make no difference how long they took. They weren't concerned about time. They just knew their boy needed help and they needed intercession. Oh, tonight, that's the way we ought to feel about our children and our loved ones that are lost without God. But it's a cry of realization. She sold everything she had. She was trying to pay the debt. She is trying to satisfy that creditor. She didn't have anything else to sell say, preacher, why didn't you sell the oil? Oil was an expensive commodity. Well, I'm convinced that oil was probably anointing oil that her husband had used in his ministry. It'd be like your daddy or your husband and their preaching Bible. 
that's something you would cherish and hold dear to your heart. You would never, you would never part with such a commodity. You would always cherish it. And this lady had sold everything. She said, I ain't a selling that little pot of oil. Said my husband, I, I've seen him use it to anoint and to minister to the needs of others. It's too precious. I cannot sell that. Elisha, I don't have anything, but I do have a little pot of oil. It'll do to keep some things in your life. It'll do not to sell away everything you better you better hang on to this precious Bible you better never sell it away you better never sell away worship and the experience of prayer I never I say never sell it away that's right but she comes to realize she can't pay the debt And she comes to the man of God. Some of us tonight are trying to make it work. You're trying to force the pieces of the puzzle together. And you can't get it done. You are trying to pay the debt yourself, but you don't have the resource You've got your hands in it and you're trying to make it happen uh, and it just ain't going to happen. Uh, we're going to have to cry uh, and realize, Lord, I can't do it. Uh, I can't make it happen. Uh, Lord, I'm going to turn it all over to you. Uh, I'm looking to you for my help. Uh, oh, little is much when God is in it. That leads me to my third emphasis. This widow woman and her command. You see, Elisha tells her what she needs to do. You know, there's a lot of Baptist folk. I can talk about Baptists because I am one. I don't know about the Methodists and I don't know about the Presbyterians, but I do know how the Baptists are. Most of us want to go to the house sit in the rocking chair and say, now, Lord, we're waiting on you to do it. We expect you to do it now. As if we say to him, we deserve you to do this for us. I mean, we do go to church three times a week. Bless your heart. He doesn't owe me anything. That's right, That's right. And he don't know, owe you anything either. We owe him everything. And Elisha commands her. You know what he said? He said, you go to all your neighbors, borrow all the empty vessels you can. Don't borrow just a few of them. He said, borrow, I mean a house full of them. You get as many vessels, empty vessels that you can from your neighbors and you go and shut the door on you and your two sons and you take that little pot of oil and you go to pouring in them vessels. In them vessels. You see, her, con- her command involved her fellow man. 
she didn't have any vessels. So she had to rely on the generosity of her neighbors. Now, I believe that there ought to be a time in every believer's life that they root to God and they are willing to serve God whether anybody else serves him or not. I believe that, don't you? I believe that ought to occur in every believer's life. There ought to be that kind of determination to serve him. But when that is said, then we need to realize we got to have somebody else's help. We can't do it all by ourselves. We got to depend on others. We need the help of one another. I'm just here to tell you, you need the help of this church. You need the help of that choir. You need the help of that precious book. You need that preaching of the man of God. You gotta have it. You gotta have that fellowship of believers. Hey, you need somebody that cares about you. Somebody that's a praying for you. Sure, you're willing to serve God all by yourself, but you need somebody. You need the help. Of somebody else. Amen. He said, You go to all your neighbors. Boy, I can see them little boys knocking on the doors. Looking pitiful and say, Well, Mama sent us by. Said the man of God told her to go borrow vessels, empty vessels. Have you got any empty vessels that we can borrow? By the way, there's borrowed. And when they, when they finally got emptied, I figure they took them back. And they brought all those empty vessels and put them inside that empty house. There wasn't a bed. There wasn't a chair. There wasn't anything in there save a little pot of oil. That leads me to my next emphasis about this command. It not only involved her fellow man, but it also involved her family. It's not something she did all by herself. She incorporated by the direction of the man of God the use of her two sons. It wasn't something that mama did. It was something that mama and son and son did together. Isn't it a blessing to come to church? I I like to stand in the pulpit on Sunday morning see people come through those glass doors and I see, a, I see a husband then I see a wife and then I see a child walking behind them or two children or maybe even three walking behind mom and daddy coming in the house of God to get, hey, it's a family affair. Hallelujah, what a blessing it is to see the man of God and his wife and his children involved in the service of the Lord here at Bible Bay. You know, there's some churches, they'll say, well, and we just called him to be our pastor. There ain't no sense in his children doing all the singing. 
Well, I'll tell you, when God called this man, he sent his wife too. And he sent his daughters. And now they got two husbands. And they got a grandchild. And I'm just here to tell you, they're part of the ministry here just like anybody else is. And uh, I don't know about you, but uh, up at Calvary, I'm sort of prejudiced. I like to hear my youngins sing. They don't do all of it, but they do some of it. You see, this is a family affair. Isn't it a blessing to see a man of God and his family working together in the church? I've seen a lot of preachers' children get bitter and walk away and live in rebellion. But what a blessing it is to see a man of God and his family working together at the house of God. What a blessing it is to see all these little children right here sitting right here on these front rows. It helps some of you mamas and daddies to move up too. It's a family affair. Now, I'm almost, I'm almost done. And whoever's going to sing that song, I want them to get ready. If anybody can sing. Anybody sing that song? Does anybody sing it here? They don't? Well, all right. Just do whatever you can do. You just do it for us, Brother Kate. Now, the Bible said it was a pot of oil. The Hebrew word means that it was a cruet of oil. You say, what in the world is a cruet? I had no idea. But I have seen them many times at antique stores and yard sales. You mean you go to yard sales? Why, yes. Don't you? A cruet of oil is a flat-bottomed vase. It's wide at the bottom, and as it comes up in the neck, it graduates quickly and tapers into a narrow neck with a wider opening at the top. And that's all the oil she had. This bottle of water could probably fill it four times right here. Of the amount of oil that was in that little cruet... But may I remind you, little is much when God is in it. Now, this is the way I think it happened, and I've tried to base it on the Scripture. Will everybody agree, number one, Mama done the pouring? That's what the Bible said. So we know who does the pouring. It's mama. Hallelujah. It helps some of you mamas to go to pouring around here. And then down in there when she calls for another vessel, it said that her son said there ain't no more. So one of the sons was bringing the empty vessels to mama to fill. That means the other boy 
was to taken the full vessels and setting them all through the house. That's how I believe it happened. Hallelujah. If you don't agree, you can be wrong if you want to. It don't bother me at all. And she said to her boys, I, I can just see her say to her boys, now look at all these empty vessels. Thank you for working hard. That's what the man of God told us to do. I went to him, boys. I don't want to see you become slaves and bondmen. And this is what the man of God told us to do. He said to borrow all the vessels we could that were empty and bring them in here in the house. And I can hear one of the little boys say, well, what did he say to do, mama? And mama looks down at one of the, uh, at the younger son that's uh, taking care of the empty vessels and she said, the man of God said that we're to take this little cruet of oil and pour into those vessels and fill them up. Can you imagine what a boy's eyes look like when he saw that little cruet of oil? He looked at that and he looked around at all those empty vessels and he looked back at that little cruet of oil and he's a thinking they ain't no way that's ever gonna happen. But mama said, boy, said, son, bring me one of the vessels. We're going to do what the man of God said. And I can see him bring the littlest vessel he could find to mama. And she uh, begins to pour out of that little cruet of oil. Uh, and that little vessel, uh, uh, the oil comes to the top. Hallelujah. She hands it uh, uh, to her other son and he uh, sets it over on the floor. Uh, and she turns around and her, her son's got another vessel just as little as the other one. Uh, he don't understand. He don't think it can happen. Uh, and she went to pouring that oil. Uh, and uh, uh, pretty soon uh, uh, the oil came to the top. Uh, she handed it to the other son. Uh, he set her off uh, in the room. He, she turns around. Uh, he's done found another little vessel. Uh, he doesn't believe uh, it could happen. Uh, and uh, she goes to pouring uh, and uh, directly uh, all comes to the top. Uh, Mama's still a pouring. Uh, she hands it over to the other son. Uh, she turns around uh, and that little boy said, Mama, if he can feel them little ones. I brought the biggest and I could find. Just pour old mama. God's man said pour. Pour mama. Hallelujah. I'm just here to tell you daddy you need to keep pouring. Mama you need to keep pouring. These children need to see that God is true to his word. Little as much when God is in it. Let's stand tonight. As he sings, God's speaking to your heart.